Investment advisory services offered through Daniel Meyer, a registered investment advisor. During this show, Daniel Meyer provides general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and is not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and products or services should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory services. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Forge Private Wealth. By contacting Forge Private Wealth, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products. High interest rates, volatile markets, and recession talks could be standing between you and the retirement you plan for yourself. Some easy adjustments could make all the difference. Come- Welcome in to Capital Insights with Daniel Meyer. The solution set is going to be designed in such a way that it's helping bridge the gap between where the client is and where they want to go. Your retirement matters. One size never fits all. There's no one approach in financial planning. There's no one investment solution or product solution that should fit more people than it's designed for. He has the heart of an educator. There's a lot of different pieces to the puzzle. And now, Capital Insights. Hey, welcome in, everyone. This is Capital Insights with Daniel Meyer. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Daniel, of course, is a fiduciary. Nearly 20 years helping folks getting to and through retirement. You can find out more about Daniel and his team at ForgePW.com, ForgePW.com. Daniel, uh, we got a fun show today. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Very, very well, thanks. And, and I think that what we're going to kind of hit on is um, just some of the basic things that we've talked about that people I think have heard about over the years. And let's just try to bring some clarity to it. And, you know, you've got lots of different strategies that, that fall into, you know, that you can put into play for us. Um, but let's just start at the top and let's just talk about the 4% rule. Is the 4% rule still a rule? What do we do? How do we address that? Sure. Well, Steve, you know, in the conversations you and I have had that I tend not to like the one size fits all rules of any yes, kind. Yes, right? I know. Um, so I, I love when we talk about these things because there are elements of truth to them, but there's also caveats that you need to have explained to you so you understand when the rule applies and when it doesn't, right? Sure, sure. So the 4% rule, so for those that don't know what we're talking about here, um, is just the assumption that a 4% withdrawal rate from your retirement funds is what you can expect to be able to sustain. So um, a rule that's there so that no matter where you're at in the you know savings process, or if you're about to retire, the rule is really intended for you to be able to do an easy calculation and figure out how much you be able to have on an annual or monthly basis for, as in terms of withdrawals from your retirement accounts. Sure, right? yeah. Well, and so, again, with that, with that in mind, this was something that came out in the, what, early 90s, I think? Yeah. And depending on, you know, the different financial literature that people subscribe to, you know, the rule has been challenged as it as we've moved forward. Mm -hmm. um, some would say the 4% rule now has gone down to the 3% rule or the 2.5% rule. Um, and there's others that would say that, you know, maybe you could even push it to the 5% rule. So there's no one answer out there, even in terms of the rule that is uh, agreed upon by, by financial advisors or, or those in the industry. But one thing that I think you have to understand if you're listening to this is uh, you have to have a plan for, um, do I really plan to 
live off of the income in my portfolio or do I all, you know, the other strategy is, do I want, am I okay with the idea of kind of depleting my portfolio over time? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about percentages, let's assume for a minute that we had no inflation to contend with, um, but we also invested all in cash. Right? All right. Fair enough. A 4% rule would tell us we have 25 years of distributions, right? Sure. Now, if we think about, you know, we do have some gains that we're going to get in the portfolio. Um, let's say it's three or four or 5% per year. That's going to add years beyond 25, which sounds pretty good. But when we have to fight against inflation, which may, you know, cut the amount that uh, those distributions cover in terms of expenses in half over retirement, you know, we have to balance all of that out. And then in the end, no, do we want to finish with, you know, a balance that would then maybe be included in the state passing or do we intend on depleting it down? And it it doesn't necessarily need to mean it's a, a riskier approach, but make sure that we're in a depletion mode that's not going to have us running out before we really intend to. And and, and that obviously would influence the percentage discussion, right? And and highlights the fact that if you plan on living on interest only and you want to see your account value preserved over time, your agreed upon rate that you would distribute is going to be lower than if you're okay with the depletion strategy. Okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a tricky path to walk down sometimes. And it's, a unique discussion client to client and it's not as black and white as you know preservation or utilization a lot of times there's a sweet spot in the middle where we're okay with some potential depletion of the starting value of the portfolio over time but not necessarily pushing it and you know really kind of risking the back end of that process so um, it's finding the right strategy for the client that fits them based on not only their retirement needs and their wants as well, but also what they have in mind for um, the legacy they'd like to leave as part of their estate. 888-908-0503 is the number to call. You are listening to Capital Insights with Daniel Meyer, and we're talking about just some basic rules, if you want to talk about, think about that for the, the 4% rule. Um, and, and so would you say, is that is that a logical starting point for some people, at least to kind of get their head around things? I think so. Okay. I think, you know, the four, let, let's, again, I, I hate to oversimplify, but, you know, if, if we want to discuss this as kind of just a starting point for those out there to see, you know, how they fare with what they've saved and maybe what they would expect to have on a monthly basis or an annual basis, I think 4% or maybe a little under if you plan on trying to maintain that value and say, uh, you know, be more in the camp of capital preservation, and then maybe the 5% number for those that intend on kind of slowly spending down the value of their um, account over time. And obviously that changes over time as well. So it's not, like you said, there's no cookie cutter approach here. There's no one answer for for anybody, really. Correct. And, and an- another thing that gets lost when we just talk about these fixed rules, assuming everything's going to happen in a linear format over a 30-year retirement is, you know, a 5% distribution may be very reasonable and even be possible in a preservation mode if we never had a market correction or a, uh, you know, a, a down market in the next 30 years if you were retiring today. Well, right? that's not going to happen. We had just, if we had just steady growth and you never had the burden of distribution in down years, uh, maybe you could push those thresholds. But part of this is building in flexibility so that if that is our average over time, 
um, we can continue to sustain that average even when we go through periods of where the market is down or has downward pressure. All right. Well, again, that's sort of a great sort of overview of what the 4% rule is and refined now, but it's really not a rule. It's uh, simply a suggestion. Right. And, it, and, and like you said, it's a fine starting point to get an initial feel for, you know, what is really the um, ability of what I've saved thus far, uh, how much would it, could it possibly produce for me in terms of an income? And then from there, obviously, there's a lot of discussion to build on top of that to actually refine it down to something that fits uh, the individual or the family that's that's looking to actually have a, a workable plan. All right, let's get on to another one. And this one is always a fun one, uh, the rule of 72. And how does that work? And uh, why is it so appealing to folks? It's just a simplified formula to help measure how compounded interest can impact your investment over time. Okay. Um, so the rule of 72 would give us an idea uh, if we have a, a rate of return that we think we're going to average over the foreseeable future, how long is it going to take until the value of my portfolio doubles? Um, so to give an example of this, if uh, I think I'm going to earn 12% for the foreseeable future, 72 divided by 12 is 6. So that means if you're going to get 12% return in the next six years, every year, your portfolio will double in value in six years. If it's going to average only 4%, uh, now we're looking at 18 years before the value of our portfolio has doubled. Mm -hmm. And again, this is just a very kind of a cool rule of thumb, if you will, that, that just sort of gives you an idea of when you talk about compounding. Yeah, that's it, it really just demonstrates it well. Yeah, and it it gives someone who, I mean, if you're listening and you're driving in your car or you're listening in your house and you're working in your kitchen, you can do quick math with this scenario and get an idea of where maybe a, a finishing value of your portfolio might be based on what it is today. Um, so let's just say for ease of numbers that you're 20 years away from retirement and again, kind of cheating and making the numbers easy. Let's say that you think 7.2 is a reasonable rate of return, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well then, 10 years from now, your portfolio is going to double. So if you've got, so let's say, 250000 today, in 10 years, you can expect it to be worth 500000 And if we continue that on for the next 10 years, we're going to go from 500000 to a million. Now you've been able to very quickly use this rule to get some feel for maybe where your value could finish. Um, and then you can take that and tailor it to where you're at with the value you have in your portfolio and the time that you have remaining you know, between now and retirement or any other accumulation goal that you may have. Of course. Yeah. Again, you, I like the way you lay it out. Folks, if you want to get a head start, it's 888-908-0503. Before we run out of time, let's talk about that magic retirement age of 65. Why does that number stick in our heads so much? I think just in the media and culturally, 65 was a number that is commonly discussed as retirement age. Um, it, I think just like some of these other rules, I, it's never one size fits all. And it also is a little bit of a relic of past times in terms of thinking of a retirement age from a functional standpoint, because even, you know, getting Social Security benefits, you know, full retirement age is beyond this at this point. Um, and in addition to that, there's it's very common nowadays for people to work past 65, right? Sure. From the standpoint of being able to distribute from your retirement accounts for retirement age is 59 and a half, so much earlier, but on the flip side for social security and other benefits or to get uh, Medicare, that type of thing as well, we're looking beyond that. So 
um, it really doesn't land at any of those critical, you know, landmarks that would signify it as the critical age to think about for retirement. Right. I mean, when, when Social Security was introduced, um, I guess it was what signed in '35, and first went out, first check went out in 1940. Then right. at that point, it was only 65 was the retirement age, right? Right. Right. And it's since then been, you know, the. Uh, the age has been pushed and it was pushed, you know, at this point since 1960, even it's been 67 and then even getting pushed later. And now we see on the other side to kind of compensate for this, you know, with the Secure Act and Secure Act 2.0, they're now pushing the RMD age back as well, trying to kind of move the dial back on both sides. So it's just, it, it's no longer the age that, that fits, you know, that definition anymore of full retirement age from a social security standpoint. All right. Well, Daniel, we are up against the clock. Let's uh, let's go ahead and, and uh, wrap this one up and invite folks to call in the process. Sounds great. Well, to our listeners today, I can't stress enough as we talk about these things, the importance of taking the first step um, in any process where you want to make a positive impact. The most important step is the first step. And today, to take that first step, give us a call. We'll book your no-cost, no-obligation financial review. In that first meeting, here's what we'd be able to provide you. An analysis that will include a fee report and a risk assessment of your current portfolio. It'll help us take a look and see if there's unnecessary losses in your portfolio that we can potentially protect against, enhance your ability to grow your retirement asset to align with where you're looking to go. Second, we'll perform a tax analysis to reveal how you could possibly reduce your taxes and increase your cash flow. And then lastly, we'll also develop a customized income plan. This will take into account your unique situation um, with what you've accumulated today and your unique potential needs in the future and look to optimize your ability to get income from your retirement nest egg. So that's an entire comprehensive financial review that we're gonna provide uh, it's complimentary. There's no obligation. And it really should give you a clear picture of, you know, what might be the best next steps moving forward in order to better your financial situation. So don't hesitate. Take that first step. Give us a call. We'd love to talk to you. Exactly right, Daniel. This sounds great. 888-908-0503. That is the first step. All you need to do, make that call. 888-908-0503. 888-908-0503. Quick break for us. We're coming right back, though. And when we come back, we are going to round out the list of retirement rules. I put that in quotes and how to protect your nest egg. back on Capital Insights. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Daniel Meyer is here as always. Dan, of course, a fiduciary. He's been helping folks for man, nearly 20 years. And uh, you have always been focused on that transition, haven't you? That transition from the accumulation transitioning into the distribution and preservation stage, right? Yes. And I always, sometimes when we talk about this, I always use the phrase, you know, we're going from the you know, asset allocation phase and building phase into the income allocation and helping manage that transition in the most efficient manner possible. Um, the financial team that I have backing me up in doing all of this is really, you know, geared to be able to handle, you know, a vast, vast spectrum of scenarios in terms of clients, you know, helping them with, you know, tax projections or even doing 
their taxes with our tax team, doing the estate planning, doing the advanced financial planning beyond, you know, kind of the standard projections that you would expect, um, and then having the team of uh, portfolio managers to help manage the accounts once we have them in the proper places and have the savings and tax plan in place so that we can then look to optimize the rate of return to help people get to where they want to go. Sure. And it's, you know, but in the end, we find that the area where we can make the biggest impact is assisting with that, you know, kind of that final stretch pre-retirement and then making that transition into retirement. There's so many different moving parts there that um, we really think we're set up well to help with that part of the process. Sounds good, to, uh, Daniel. And and uh, so we've kind of been going through some rules, and, and I use the, the term loosely, rules of thumb, we'll call it. So we talked about the 4% rule, rule of 72. Um, and uh, let's dig into another one that, that we've heard about forever, I think, and that's the 60-40 stock bond rule. Um, how has that changed over, well, really over the last couple of years? It's, it's changed, hasn't it? Yeah, I think it's changed over the past 20 or 30 years, but okay. especially I think this last call it two years has been a really telling time and has highlighted how maybe this approach isn't, it, it's not quite enough to think about just your stock bond mix, right? The 60-40 rule for those that don't know is, you know, thinking about how much should you hold in stocks or in risk-based investments and then how much should you hold in bonds, which is considered a, a safer investment, even though there is risk obviously on both sides. And what the last couple of years has highlighted is something that I've been giving talks on for, you know, over 15 years, which is, you know, what are you going to do when a basic asset allocation or diversification fails you? And what I mean by that is the idea of holding stocks and bonds is that, you know, you're looking to hold two things that aren't necessarily correlated with each other. Right. So right. when stocks are going up, bonds hopefully are holding their ground. And when stocks may be pulling back, you would hope that bonds, you know, tend to shine at that point. And this latest market cycle is just another example of the fact that that's not always the case. When we had the equity market, you know, turning negative and pulling back, we also had almost all of the categories of bonds going down in value at the same time. Now, we went through a rate hike cycle with the Fed and that uniquely that that's not always the case when we have an equity market pullback but back in 2007 to 2009 um we also saw you know bonds take a hit when equities took a hit so it's not enough nowadays just to say okay i'm going to have an allocation between stocks and bonds and that diversification is going to protect me against the different market conditions that may be out there. All right. So um, so the 60-40 bond rule, a stock bond, um, it's still in effect. I don't mean that the rule and the, those numbers, but I mean, we still need to look at stocks. We can still take a look at bonds, although it's been it's been a bit of a rocket ride. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong in that I, I don't want people to think that there isn't a way to manage risk and still allocate for growth and do this correctly. If anything, what I'm making the case for here is, you know, having exposure, you know, to the different asset classes, namely diversified portfolio is a good idea. Um, having someone that assists you as an investment advisor to adjust those allocations over time and to manage through those different market cycles is also a good idea um, because, you know, a static allocation 
that you know doesn't take into account the different market conditions or even just a more basic discipline like just putting in a rebalancing process and shifting back so that you're always selling a little bit of what's gone up, buying a little bit of what's going down and managing those different market cycles, even just with a, uh, a fixed strategy, even that can add a little bit of an enhanced, you know, security blanket to a portfolio. But in addition, adding that, you know, active management, I think is the piece that's missing when you just talk about uh, a rule like this, like a 60-40 rule. So the active management piece of, of what you do, what does that mean? So the way we do it is um, we manage our clients' assets almost exclusively with discretion, meaning we have a contract that we put in place between us and them that gives us certain uh, flex abilities to invest in the way that we think is in their best interest, acting as a fiduciary sure. on their behalf. We do not have the ability to go out and do anything we want. We have, depending on the client's risk level that they we've assessed with them, you know, certain bounds so that, you know, we can go, you know, let's say if it's a moderate client or a moderately aggressive client, maybe we can go between 50% and 65 or 70% in our equity allocation. And then we also will have some, you know, upper and lower thresholds for fixed income for alternatives for cash and then within those categories looking to further diversify into the different classes and sectors and unique holdings that we think best set us up within their risk level to have success and you know hopefully get the return that we're looking for sure the here's another one i like this and, and this has been around forever i think as i remember hearing about this, I think, way back in high school. Is that possible? Uh, I suppose um, it's the 100 minus your age rule. Right. And the 100 minus your age rule, the idea here is, um, in, you know, let's say in the context of that 60-40 discussion, right? Sure, yeah. The 100 minus your age would be um, the result of doing that math would be how much you should have invested in equities at that point. So in the 60-40 discussion, the 60 was the equity side, the 40 was the bond side. So now if we're talking about someone who is, let's say, 60 years old, 100 minus 60 would tell you actually you should flip that. You would want to have 40% in equities and 60% in the, uh, the bond side. Again, somewhat generalizing here and saying that the equation is telling you that the riskier side of the portfolio as you age should be reducing over time and the more conservative side should be growing, meaning the bonds would be increasing in percentage and the equities would be decreasing. And does that make sense? It does make sense. Yes. And I know that some advisors use the 110 minus your age. Why the difference? And, and is that just because of a, a changing economy? Yeah, I, I've heard 110 and I've even uh, worked with individuals that would say 120. Oh, and wow. I think I, I think what you're you're seeing there is we're planning for longer retirements people are living longer and so the idea there is that moving that starting number up is acknowledging the fact that we need to account for more years of growth so we can't reduce the equity percentage as aggressively as maybe we would have in the past when you know the rule of 100 originated right right um you know people are like i said living much longer in some cases, they're not retiring that much later. So where we may, in, you know, years and years ago, have been planning for a 20-year retirement, many times nowadays it's a 30- or 40-year retirement, and hopefully even longer, right? And yes. that's, that's the whole idea of that number creeping up is saying we, we can't quite 
go risk off as fast as we could in the past uh, because we have more years that we need to cover and uh, we still need to have some of that growth occur in the portfolio similar to what we would have seen you know and at when someone retires at 65 what maybe we would have been geared up for at 55 in the past all right well i mean again you, this is very interesting and and i think it's important to hear these things because it's you know when when it comes to retirement we only you know most of us except guys like you we only get to retire once you get to retire like every day well not you yourself but you get to watch people retire but that's because i mean there's so many unknowns there's so many things and 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 obstacles and really it's intimidating to think about okay i've been saving money you know for a long long time how how, how are you going to make that work for me right and i think you know these these different rules that we've talked about are always a way to kind of spark the thought process for someone who doesn't do this every day, right? But yeah. it's just getting an idea of, hey, I just want a quick method to, to get a spot check for where I'm at today. But then from there, hopefully that initiates a process of, you know, seeking to, you know, push beyond where they're currently tracking to go. And, you know, a lot of that, you know, is where we step in and assist with the planning process and then beyond the initial planning process with the ongoing management of all the moving parts, uh, not the least of which is the investment portfolio. 888-908-0503 is the number you can call folks to get yourself a spot on the calendar, sit down with Daniel and his team and really work this out. I think, you know, so we've gone over some basic things. Anything else come to mind? Any other rules out there that uh, that you like or don't like? Well, Circling back to the 60-40 rule, it, it brought me to a conversation you and I had a couple of weeks ago when we talked about that endowment model. Do you remember that? I do. And I brought that up because I want people to realize how important it is to really assess all your options that are out there for you to be investing in, not just you know, using a hard and fast rule, even though it can help with that spot check. Daniel, we are up against the clock once again. Boy, that went really fast. Let's go ahead and invite folks to call right now. Sounds great. Well, if you're listening, um, you know, we talked about these rules, you know, not necessarily being one size fits all. And I, I always like to get away from that. But no matter where you're at in the process, if you're working with an advisor currently, um, or if you're not, but you're considering the opportunity, I can't stress enough that you know, having time to work with you to make an impact um, based on where you're at today and where you want to go. Time is our biggest ally and putting this this decision off does not benefit you. The most important step in improving your financial situation is that first step. So give us a call today. We'll book a no cost, no obligation financial review. Um, and in that first meeting, uh, there's three things that we're going to be providing. First, it's a fee report and risk assessment for your investment portfolio, making sure that you recognize unnecessary losses in your portfolio and see if by protecting retirement investment, if you could experience better growth and potentially track better to accomplish your goals. We'll also be performing a tax analysis to reveal how you could possibly reduce your taxes and increase your cash flow in retirement. Thirdly, we're going to put together a customized income plan. Um, this is going to be unique to you it's based on what you have today and what your unique retirement uh, needs and wants are. We're looking to maximize your ability to create income and on the side, maximize your ability to continue to grow your remaining portfolio. 
So, you know, really a comprehensive financial review across the board that should help inform you as to uh, some things you can do to make sure you're on the right track moving forward. So give us a call. We set aside time every week to do this, and we would love to have a conversation with you. 888-908-0503. The goal here at the show is to try to help you make the best decision for you. 888-908-0503. We have to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to discuss some of the potential conflicts with Daniel Meyer. We are back on Capital Insights with Daniel Meyer. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Dan is a fiduciary. He's been helping folks for nearly 20 years getting to and through retirement. Visit the website, forgepw.com. You can learn a lot more about Daniel and his team, what they do and how they do it. And uh, that's what we're getting into here. I like this. It gets down to procrastination, doesn't it, Dan? I mean, you can't put off these, especially the financial decisions. It'll it'll hurt you. Yeah, it, it can hurt you. And it's so easy to put it off. I mean, life is busy. And, and like you said, you know, the feeling of oh, it'll work itself out or things will be fine in the end or I'll take care of it when I have more time. That's one of my least favorite things that I hear from people. And I've heard it a lot. Have you right? Really? Um, and I've seen the consequences of that comment being something that five years later, I'm still hearing the same comment. I'll take care of it when I have more time. I'm de- I'm dealing with this right now, or I'm dealing with that right now. And y- you would be shocked. I mean, I'll, I'll bring it up. I'll say, you know what? We've been discussing X or Y for a couple of years now. And there's always something that is front and center in your mind that seems to be getting in the way of of taking the initiative and getting this done. And you've been telling me how important it is. We really need to, no matter what you're going through now, we really need to make this a priority, right? Yes. So one of the things that you've laid out here, I think it's going to be fun. It's what you've done, I think, is laid out essentially, um, you know, case studies. So let's let's dig into this and and share the story, because I think what you've done here is pretty, pretty fun. Yeah. And I was trying to have a little fun with this. Um, So forgive me if some of this is a little corny, right? But, uh, you know, we usually talk through this and, you know, more based on the numbers or strategies. And so a bit of a departure from our usual format. I thought instead we'd go through a story. All right. The story today is of three sisters. They're triplets. Uh, They're named Sue, Kate, and Karen. Today is their 65th birthday. um, And they arrive at this landmark with three very different circumstances. Um, and so what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at their circumstances today on their birthday individually and what got them there and what maybe they could have done to avoid the situation they're now in. All right. Sound good? Yeah, I like it. So we've got triplets, they're 65 years old and they are getting ready to retire. It's an easy street from here, right? What happens? Well, we'll see if it's easy street or not. So Okay, good. All right, first, the first sister, Sue. Sue is single. She has no kids um, and was planning on retiring in the next few years. So not quite yet. Okay. However, a month ago, she was let go from her job um, and now realizes that she hasn't saved up nearly enough for retirement. Yeah, boy, that's a tough time to figure that out. Right. Now, I I, I see a lot of times, even when someone thinks they're three, four, five years away, um, they still haven't quite figured out 
what that nest egg that they've saved up is actually going to do for them. And unfortunately, sometimes you don't get the benefit of those last couple of years of savings, you know, catch up contributions, investing those last couple of years of growth. And it's a horrible reality to find out all of a sudden that this this you know, savings that you've built up for yourself does not produce nearly what you expected in terms of retirement income. Now, in this case for Sue, um, not only has she lost her job, but she now finds herself in a position as unfortunately, you know, happens, and we're seeing a little bit of this in today's economy, but jobs aren't too bad right now, that uh, there's not really in the career that she was in other jobs available for her to finish off the last couple of years of her earning years prior to retirement. So she's almost forced into an early retirement. And with this reality of not necessarily having enough, she's now facing a couple of unfortunate decisions. Um, she lives in a house that she loves in a neighborhood that she loves. Uh, and one of the things she has to consider at this point is selling the house and downsizing or moving into an apartment. Um, she has been talking to friends and this is one of the avenues where she could maybe free up a little bit of value or cash, right? Um, alternatively, just having to move into a mode of living where she really needs to count every penny and really be careful with her, uh, her expenses and not necessarily live as easy of a lifestyle as she's been used to for the last 20, 30 years when she was earning. Um, there's a couple other ways that she could consider maybe changing her approach now that she's been, you know, forced into an early retirement. Um, the reason I bring up Sue is if we rewind five years, 10 years, you know, into the, you know, the mid fifties or early sixties, I often find that in a situation like this, you know, when they don't quite have what they need, but they're not completely off in their investing and saving that the impact to their you know, daily lives, if they would have made some adjustments, you know, based on getting advice from somebody could have been minimal and could have avoided this entire situation. And, you know, clearly this is something that wasn't planned for properly. And so now she's in a position where she has to make those difficult prioritizations in terms of, do I downsize my lifestyle? Do I sell my home? How do I make this work? And how do you make it work? Well, <laughs> um, again, and I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but in this case, she may be able to do some things to assist. But really, the, the, the main message here is, you know, if she had sought that advice earlier on and had a plan to, you know, prepare for retirement, an early, you know, retirement because of losing a job may not have been impactful to her at all. She could have just rolled into retirement potentially and not had some of these issues. Maybe she had to contact the other sister. Maybe the other sister's doing better. Yeah. <laughs> Help her out. Well, why don't, we, why, why don't we discuss that? Let's talk okay. about the next sister. So we've got Sue, Kate, and Karen, who are turning 65 today and all arriving in a different situation. So we just talked about Sue. Now let's talk about Kate. Let's do it. Kate is retiring from a long career life today. On her birthday, she feels very confident in the savings that she's built for herself. Um, she feels like she's in a good spot. It's a celebration. Um, however, now that she's arrived, you know, she's starting to see things differently and think of different life events she experienced in the past with more real context. And she remembers all the medical expenses and long-term care costs her parents incurred in their retirement. So a couple of days after the birthday, she asked her financial advisor who helped her build up this retirement nest egg 
what her options are for long-term care. Now, it sounds like, you know, in this situation, she's accumulated in, in a very successful manner and prepared for retirement, but hasn't really considered all the different potential scenarios here. And unfortunately, what she finds out after talking to her advisor and considering adding long-term care coverage to her plan is that uh, during the un underwriting process, unfortunately, um, she's got a medical condition now that's going to make this type of coverage incredibly expensive. And this is something that is new on the radar that has not been something she's dealt with in the past. If she had addressed this issue only a few years prior, um, this medical condition would not have been present and she could have put protection in place that then would not have been able to be taken away from her in this situation and she could have covered those potential expenses down the road for long-term care. So Kate also finds herself in a different but also somewhat challenging situation in that missing out on that conversation early, it was not necessarily changing her savings approach, but considering the fact that your health is something that you know can change at any time, it's not always in your control, and if you want to insure against some of those potential you know, medical expenses or long-term care costs, you don't want to roll the dice and just wait till the last minute to make sure you have access to coverage because it may not be accessible to you at that point. Okay. So again, a story of, you know, if we don't delay, if we do proper planning, um, some of these things could be avoided. And with minimal impact from when she would have had the conversation to this 65th birthday now when she's uh, pulled the trigger and retired. Okay, so we've got Sue. We know her story. We got Kate. We got her story, and these are not happy endings at this point. Um, <laughs> well, we don't know that. I guess we don't know. So let's talk about Karen. What's uh, what's her story? Well, I guess you talk about not happy endings. We've got one more story here, and again, folks, we're just having fun with these. So you know, these are not real us, people, but, right? <laughs> right. I I do not know three sisters who are triplets who dealt with all these issues on their birthday. <laughs> Good, thank you. <laughs> but. Again, a telling situation that many of the clients I work with, you know, sometimes when, when I start working with them and we look back, we can relate to some of these things to a different extent. This one's a little bit more morbid, so I apologize in advance. But Karen, of the three, is the only one who's married. She has three children from a previous marriage, but they're now older, and she even has a couple of grandkids. Now, tragically, her and her new husband are in a fatal car crash on their way to dinner that night. Her and her husband had planned well for their retirement. They were ready for some of the what ifs. Um, but unfortunately now, what plays out next is not what they had intended. Obviously, they had no intention of getting in a car crash on the day that the retirement started. But as much as they had done the detailed work for the retirement planning and income planning, um, they had yet to address their estate planning. And in this situation, unfortunately, Karen never changed the beneficiary designation on her uh, on one of her retirement accounts, and it was still marked as going to her ex-husband. In addition to that, uh, there was a number of other um, assets that maybe included the two older children, but not not the third one, or just just things that had been neglected from an estate planning standpoint. And now, unfortunately based on a lack of estate documents that would, you know, make it very clear what they would have intended to uh, have happened with their assets. Now it's going to end up being an issue where the kids will try and interpret what they think their parents' wishes were. 
hopefully not, but potentially the ex-husband might come in and stake a claim that something is owed or um, there is some claim to the assets there. And it just can be get it can be create a huge mess. Sure. Right. Well, correct and, me if I'm wrong, but uh, there's nothing you can do if she didn't change the beneficiary. It's going to go to the ex-husband, right? Right. And not updating beneficiaries. I mean, it's such a simple thing to do, right? Sure. Um, but it it does not top of mind. It's a type of planning that is often neglected, and it can cause some really uncomfortable situations. Right. But so, again, that just drives the point home is how important, uh, you know, estate planning really is. And uh, if you'd like to have a discussion like we just had here, now would be a great time to give Daniel a call. And we would love to talk to you. Taking the first step, making sure that you've got a plan that's covering these different what ifs and covering your future needs is incredibly important. And we can help you with that. Today, take the first step. Give us a call. We'll book a no-cost, no-obligation financial review to discuss these things. The three things that we're going to provide you in that meeting are a fee report and risk assessment of your investment portfolio, making sure you're not incurring unnecessary losses and um, putting at risk your potential future retirement income. Uh, we want to make sure that you not only have sufficient income um, planned for your retirement, but also that you get the growth that is necessary in your investment portfolio. We'll also perform a tax analysis to reveal how you could possibly reduce your taxes and increase your cash flow um, as you prepare for retirement. And then lastly, developing a customized income plan, something that's unique to you, utilizing strategies that are going to take advantage of what you've built for yourself, what lifestyle you're looking to cover in the future so that you can both have the income you need and also leave um, the proper amount aside so that you can also grow your portfolio as you go. You know, this is really that comprehensive financial review that helps you see where you're at today and where you could potentially go and what are the things we could do to enhance that. 888-908-0503, no cost, no obligation. 888-908-0503, 888-908-0503. Not another quick break, but when we come back, we have got questions. We are back on Capital Insights with Daniel Meyer. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. And boy, we've had a, we covered some ground today, Dan. And, uh, you know, for everything from the 4% rule to the tale of three sisters, which I really liked. <laughs> yeah, we had some fun with that one, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. But, <laughs> yeah, it, but it lays I, out problems that you see every day or at least probably every month. Somebody's yeah. in, in one of those unique situations. Yeah. And, and again, like you know, you you mentioned, it weren't necessarily three um, stories that were all that uh, positive necessarily. And a lot of times, hindsight in those situations is is painful because you see the impact you could have made if you'd started earlier, but you didn't. And now we just have to do the best with where we're at moving forward, right? Right, absolutely. 888-908-0503 is how you can get started, seeing if you're on that right path for retirement. Uh, in the meantime, let's uh, check in with some folks that, are, uh, that have questions. Uh, up first is Gail. She says, I have a 401k with a company I retired from this year. Can I convert those funds to my Roth IRA? I don't want to convert all the funds because the tax bill would be too much. Can I convert just a part of the funds to my Roth IRA and then roll the rest of my 401k into my traditional IRA? Sounds like she's got a plan. Yeah. Well, Gail, it sounds like you're thinking in the right direction. You're, you're 
you must be paying attention to the show and maybe doing your own research and studying these things. So uh, great question. Um, the answer to the question about converting is yes, you can convert your account to Roth. Um, you could do a small amount, you could do a large amount, and you're right in thinking that you don't want to do something that would incur too high of a tax bill. I mean, typically the purpose of doing the conversion is to lower a potential future tax burden from uh, the money that you have saved as pre-tax. That being said, one logistical clarification, you would want to take that old 401k and roll it into your IRA and then do the conversion from there. So you would be able to have the remaining funds in your traditional IRA and you would be able to do the conversion, but you would want to remove the funds from your previous employer's 401k and consolidate it with the IRA first. Sure. Um, this is something that... Um, you know, how you convert, how much, and doing a one-time conversion or doing it a certain amount per year for however many years, if it's um, five years or the years between now and when you start required minimum distributions, this is something that we love to give clarity on, and we love to sit down and talk to you about it. So. All right, Gail, give us a call, 888-908-0503. You know, I think you said it. She's pretty much got a, got a path that she wants to go down, and she's thinking... Uh, Pretty, pretty smart. Yeah. Other than that small clarification of, you know, we need to make, do the rollover yes, first, do the conversion second. She's thinking in the right direction. And so then it's just, let's, let's further, let's take it to the next step and make sure that your methodology around deciding how much and when is also informed so that you get the best, you get the best outcome out of this strategy that you're already, you know, well on your way to researching and, and putting in place. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, this is a great one. Gail, again, give us a call, 888-908-0503. One question on, on a Roth conversion. Are there times when it doesn't make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, I mean, some people that I work with come into retirement already having a balance of Roth funds that they funded in the more traditional way of, you know, just they qualified to put money into a Roth IRA to complement what they're doing in their retirement account. And at that point, it doesn't make sense to convert anymore because they already have a balance. Sure. Um, furthermore, you may find that um, you don't have an anticipated straight line of expenses. And maybe you have a couple things in the next few years in the first couple of years of retirement that are going to have you in a higher tax bracket already than you likely will be, you know, maybe year three, year four moving forward and converting in those years may not make any sense because you're already in a higher tax bracket than you plan on being long term and you're just pushing it even further with the conversion. So there's a lot of things to consider. Those are just a few, but um, you know, it's it's one of the dis the conversations we love to have because we can help with the answer of does a conversion make sense, and then beyond that, what is our approach to determining the amount, um, the frequency, and you know, making sure we're we're being very strategic and trying to get the biggest you know bang for our buck in terms of having these remaining dollars taxed as little as possible and providing as much uh, income or, you know, lump sum distributions to the client as possible in retirement. All right. Uh, there you go, Gail. Let's check in with Peggy. Um, and she's wondering, I'm four years away from retirement and I already have enough income for retirement. I have a year's worth of expenses in my checking account. The question is, is there a certain balance I should keep in a checking account when my retirement accounts are already set? Well, that's a great question. And first off, Peggy, um, 
a very confident statement in your retirement income. I, I love hearing that. That means you've been doing some good planning and you feel good about what you've accumulated for yourself. And so, um, as I always do, it's not a one size fits all answer, but I'll give you a way to think about this. You have to think about cash and your cash accounts in retirement as serving a specific purpose, right? So when you're, when you're accumulation years and you're earning income from your employer and saving, you know, people always think of their cash holdings as, you know, one, my liquidity account meeting my expenses, but also my rainy day fund for when unexpected expenses occur. Um, and, you know, I need a new roof or I have a medical expense. Um, I go there because I don't want to have to take on credit card debt or something like that. When you move into retirement, the cash should also play a specific role. Uh, but it's not just covering the rainy day fund things that we just mentioned, but it's also part of your bigger picture of making sure that you don't need to take distributions from somewhere in your portfolio that you would rather not do at that time if the market is a little volatile, that type of thing. So I, I, I think the, uh, I like to talk to clients about the difference between their retirement accounts and their cash accounts starting to blend a little bit and everything having one purpose, because you're going to have some holdings in your retirement account that are going to be, you know, kind of just one level up in risk from what your cash is. And you're going to have a certain amount of years of expenses to cover both in your cash and in your retirement portfolio before you, you know, have the remaining allocation built for growth. So I hope that helps because it sounds like you've done a good job with the income planning. And so now figuring out how to think about cash, your cash accounts when getting to retirement, I think is, is a good thing to also be on top of. All right. Way to go, Peggy. 888-908-0503. John is up next. Uh, he says, an IRA is being willed to me. If I inherit it before the age of 59 and a half, can I have it sent directly to my own IRA? And what are the tax implications? Sure. Well, um, yeah, if you get it pre-59 and a half or after 59 and a half, either way, um, you're not going to be able to just consolidate this with your IRA that you have for you, specifically because the, there's going to be different rules around uh, the inherited IRA versus the IRA that you've built up for yourself, right? And some of these rules are fairly new and have been changing, you know, as we um, have, you know, had the traditional stretch IRAs kind of go away as a result of the SECURE Act um, changes that were made, you know, now you're going to be in a position where you need to take that inherited IRA and you need to distribute it over the course of 10 years. Um, obviously, the, that rule right there is completely different than what you're going to be required to do with your IRA. So keeping these funds separate is, you know, functionally required at this point, right? Mm -hmm. um, and from there, the tax implications are going to be around not when you inherit the IRA, um, but each of those 10 years, uh, depending on how much you distribute in that given year, uh, that money is going to be income taxable at that point. All right. Well, there you go, John, 888-908-0503. And on that note, we got to wrap it up. Uh, Daniel, let's uh, invite folks to call. Give them one more opportunity to, to fill up those spots you got on the calendar. Perfect. Well, you know, as we discuss these things today, um, we talk about strategies. We talk about rules that you can use to help give context to your retirement. But in the end, taking action and taking the first step to actually making an improvement and you know your ability to meet your financial future is the most important part 
And the step we're offering for you today is to set up an opportunity to come in and sit down with us for a no cost, no obligation review. Now in that review, there's three things that we're going to be providing you right out of the gate. First, an analysis that will include a fee report and a risk assessment of your investment portfolio. We want to give you a, a clear feel for, you know, how much are you paying within your portfolio uh, for the investments that you have and how is it set up, you know, from a risk standpoint and are you set up for growth uh, or not based on the risk that you're taking? So we'll include that assessment as part one. Part two is going to be um, performing a tax analysis to reveal how you could possibly reduce your taxes and increase your cash flow based on um, taking you know, some planning strategies that we've used with other clients over time and aligning things so that you pay as little in taxes as possible and get the most bang for your buck when it comes to distributions. And then finally, a customized income plan that we'll put together, um, help you hopefully take the worry out of retirement and knowing that you've got an income plan that is unique to you. It's going to cover what your needs are going to be and in addition to that, we'll look to build this in such a way that uh, you keep as much of your portfolio liquid as possible and hopefully also invest it for growth um, so that you can not only have the income you need, but also have the ability to continue to grow um, within your portfolio and within the market moving forward. You know, this comprehensive financial review hopefully will give you a lot of clarity in where you're at today and where you're going and whether it leads to us working together or not. Um, I still highly encourage you to do it. It should give you, again, hopefully some thoughts as to, you know, things you could be doing to better your own situation. So um, all those conversations are unique to you. We love doing it. Give us a call and let's see what we can uh, accomplish together. I think that sounds like a great idea. 888-908-0503 is how you get started, folks. You're going to have that comprehensive financial review, no cost, no obligation. And then you're going to have that roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 888-908-0503. 888-908-0503. Daniel, as always, a pleasure to have these conversations. The information is so important, and I, I love the way you lay it all out for us. Well, I love having the conversations with you. It's it's a lot of fun. And, you know, when you talk about laying it all out, you know, we don't always have uh, stories about triplets turning 65 on the same day as a way to put it in context. But, you know, what we can have some fun here as well as hopefully get people good information as well. So. Love it. And again, we want to thank everybody for listening. And we're going to be back again next week with the topics and questions. Investment advisory services offered through Daniel Meyer, a registered investment advisor. During this show, Daniel Meyer provides general information and not individual participants and has advice and is not liable for the institutional information discussed. Exposure to ideas and products or services should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any of these companies. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Cash performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than the any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed concerns refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory services. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Forge Private Wealth. By contacting Forge Private Wealth, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products. 